Yeah, at first I really didn't like Pac Bell Park because it didn't have any history. It was still beautiful, mind you, but I was still I still had this heavy nostalgia for Candlestick, and I still do because so many memories. How I learned photography, it's all from Candlestick. That was Andy Kuno, staff photographer for the San Francisco Giants. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, we feature photographers, bartenders, doctors, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Welcome to episode 41, part one. Andy's parents owned a photo lab that worked with the 49ers, A's, and Giants. He grew up going to games at Candlestick Park with his dad, who would assist Giants photographers. He later learned to take pictures of his own, and he got his first job with the team in the mid-90s. In this podcast, the first of three, Andy talks about the 1989 and 2002 World Series with the Giants. Here's Andy. Well, 89, my dad was helping out the then-team photographer, Dennis DePauw. Um, backstory to that is my parents ran a black-and-white lab. We did the Niners, A's, and 49ers, so one way or another, you know, my dad was at either stadium helping out and uh, sure enough when those two teams met the A's and Giants in 89 my dad was a secondary photographer for the Giants and uh, yeah October 17th 89 you know my dad shooting overalls from the upper deck I'm with him and I just remember arguing him arguing with him about exposures and uh, yeah the earthquake happened and uh, you were like six 16, 16, 17, 17? senior in high school. I just remember looking up, like, where's this airplane coming from? Because you just hear this rumbling. And it's, it's literally the ground cracking. Probably from far away, but you could hear it. And then, because I'm on the upper deck, you could kind of see the rim of the stadium. If you ever drop a bowl, how it kind of undulates. That's what I saw. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's different. And uh, sure enough, how long was that? Maybe 14 seconds long? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, it was an earthquake. And, uh, yeah, that's my memory of the a 9 earthquake. But, I mean, after that, what then? I think You're it took, like, three, four hours to get home because it was impossible on the freeways. I think they closed down the freeways. And so it was all service streets, no light signals, and just... Um, it's unfortunate. It's got to... You gotta have an event like that where everyone really comes together to help other people out. But um, yeah, you know, citizens were directing traffic. You know, like again, you know, you're just not gonna see that unless it's an unfortunate situation. But it's also great to see a community come together and help people out. Um, it was a great week of school because half the teachers couldn't get into the city. You were like a junior, senior in high school, senior. Yeah. We'd show up in class and, like, no one's here. Okay, let's go to Sizzler. But, yeah, I think thanks to the earthquake, no one remembers that the A's won or swept us. But You like baseball? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> actually, growing up, I was more into skateboarding and snowboarding. Yeah. And uh, it was my dad that kind of, like, introduced me to photography as a hobby and... I kind of took it on, like, okay, you know, kind of getting the hang of it, but I literally did not know what I was doing when he would bring me to Candlestick back in the 80s, and I would have to ask people, like, 
what's this ISO thing, you know, or, you know, is this the right, are these the right settings for this? And, and you know, I had people that looked out, looked out for me, and actually the person that did, Martha Jane Stanton, remember me, well, not, you should have your settings like this. I'm like, okay, thanks. And, she, you know, she she was the photographer that succeeded Dennis Dupois in 91 and, uh, 90 or 91. And, um, sure enough, when I started freelancing in the mid-90s, she brought me in like, hey, I'm th- thinking of starting a family, you know, in case she got pregnant, she wanted someone that could kind of step in. Mm-hmm. Can you bring me on board? But, you know, she put me through, you know, the fire, basically. Like, I would react to these situations. Gave me all the grunt work, how I did. You know, basically it was an internship, you know, before there were literally internships. And uh, what did that, yeah. I mean, what does that involve? Where to be get, or well, like doing night games when they weren't desirable because yeah. as anyone to know who went to candlestick, you know, it's brutal. Yeah. With the fog and wind. But, you know, I did it. Um, community functions, going out to locations, caravans and whatnot. Basically, I shot all the things she didn't want to shoot, that, but they were still necessary to our report. And, you know, she kept trusting me and trust me. And a few years later... Instead of just doing night games, I was doing day games with her. Sometimes I was just doing day games myself. And, uh, and when she did become pregnant in 99, I was able to step in seamlessly. And, uh, yeah, it, it, we just didn't miss a beat. Well, I could go back to that August. Go uh, back to August of 2002. Um, Dusty Baker, he's always been like a father figure to me. And before one of the games, I, I forget how many games back we were. We're... Kind of like this team, this current team of 2018, we weren't playing terribly well, but we didn't have an identity, just won some, lose some. We're kind of a 500 team. And I'm just talking with Bake, and he's just like very confident, as he always is, like, hey, we, we can pull this off. You know, we just have to get in. I think we have the right pieces. And sure enough, you know, he, you know, he, he kind of, he literally called it, like, hey, once we're in, anything can happen. And uh, in 02, it's like, before that, I only did one road trip, which was, we consisted of a day and a half, basically, 98. But for 02, from start to finish, I was at every single playoff game, home and away, and living out of the suitcase from hotel room to hotel room and back home and whatnot. But um, that was rather amazing. But I just remember... I mean, I can't give you the date. Probably early October, um, game five against the Braves. I'm photographing JT Snow. Like, why is his arms up in the air? I didn't. I, I you know, just when you're looking through a lens, it's tunnel vision, literally, because yeah. you just don't know what's happening. But you kind of react to what you see. Like, why? Why is? I, I might as well shoot it. No, just shoot. And this is film, not digital. Just yes. shoot. So I was very conservative with how many frames I was shooting, and I just realized. Hey, we just beat the Braves, mm-hmm. and, and they're apart. And uh, that was rather amazing. Even Bonds didn't know what was going on. If you look at that. You weren't the only one stuck. I wasn't the only one. Yeah. I think it was only Richard Rillian and JT Snow that knew a double play was turned. Um, and I just remember shooting lots in the clubhouse and uh, getting sprayed by champagne. Do you get goggles? No, but I used to wrap Did my... Did you, you... So you didn't... No. I can't shoot with goggles. Um, 
Maybe with these new Oakleys I can. Not the goggles, but with Oakley shades. But I used to wrap my cameras in plastic for all the celebrations. Up until that, maybe halfway through 2002, all the celebrations, I just stopped using plastic bags on my camera. I would just use the paper, you know, not paper, a towel, and just to wipe off. But we can go back to the Braves, beating the Braves. Um, like I said, I was using film. I would have to, like, reload. So I'd go, like, to a corner, shield myself from all the champagne, you know, rewind film, put it in. And Ned Coletti, who was our assistant GM at the time, Andy, I, I should get a picture of you. So he took the camera, gave me a bottle of champagne, and he goes, take a swig. So it's like one of the best pictures anyone has ever taken to me. And he ended up being the Dodgers GM, you know, yes. many years after the fact. Yes. But I like telling that story that Ned Coletti took a great picture of me. If you want to fast forward to game six of the O2 series, I mean, I never knew... You know, in hindsight, I would have loved Russell Ortiz in there until he gave up a run. But, you know, I never saw Baker giving the ball to Russ. Neither did the Angels player. Oh, yeah. You can talk to, if you ever talk to Tim Salmon, they'll say they never saw that. It was manufactured by the media how okay. how that got them, you know, wild up or whatever. But I just remember, you know, unfortunately we lost game, t- game six. We are at the team hotel at the bar. I think the the writer from the Wall Street Journal was on the piano playing Piano Man. He was really, no, this guy could play the piano like no other. And Bake comes in like, hey, we're going to get game seven. We're going to get game seven. Um, he's always executing, executing um, confidence. So like, yeah, we're all hyped up. But, you know, I just remember the writer playing piano. You know, he was a great pianist. And, and uh, the mood was right. Unfortunately, we didn't pull it off in game seven. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, the following day. It was a long plane ride home, even yeah. though it was, like, 90 minutes or whatever. And, uh, yeah. But it was kind of cool. The fans met us at the ballpark, and I think we were all told, rather than going to your cars or whatever, meet us on the field. They let the fans in, and, you know, um, they got to say, you know, their love for the team. And Yeah, what yeah. was that like? Like, what was the crowd like? Was It, it was bittersweet. They had their signs. Um but I think everyone also knew Baker wasn't coming back, and Jeff Kemp definitely wasn't coming back. Um, so it was kind of an unknown future. Yeah. Actually, after we lost Game Seven, it's unusual to see a player during the regular season have their own bags and you know walk out of a locker room. That's what wow. Jeff Kemp did. Uh, so we kind of knew, like, okay, yeah. he's not coming back. Bye bye. Yeah. Music for the podcast is by Joe Begale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find all the episodes and photos of storytellers on our website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Send comments and suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Check back tomorrow when Andy will talk about the 2010 World Series, the first time the Giants won since moving to San Francisco in 1958.